I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was, it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. For me, if I'm Celtic, considering the unrest amongst the Celtic supporters, the media pressure, everything, if I've got Eddie Howe in the bag, I announce him. Rangers fans, what do you think? Well, we know what you think. You want Stephen Jarrett to go uh, nowhere, but do you think he would go anyway, Barry? Would no, go anywhere, Barry? no, I think he'll want to stay and try and win more trophies before he feels he's ready to go back down to Premier League The Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited hosted by Paul Cooney Barry Ferguson and Mark Weedy Call now and voice your opinion 0808 1717 Well the new week gets underway and it's going to be Hibs up against St Johnson St Johnson going for the double Hibs looking for victory in the cup as they did in 2016. Barry, congratulations to both. It's going to be a great day and we are appealing to the SFA to allow fans into the ground for the big match. Yeah, listen, both uh, both Hibs and St. Johnson done brilliantly well to get into the final. Yep. Um, thoroughly deserved their victories, I may add. So I'm with you and I think I'm with the vast majority of people we would love to see... Um, fans back in the stadium in uh, May the 22nd for the Scottish Cup final uh, I'm just watching on, on TV today Anfield are allowing 10,000 fans in Goodison yep. um, is going to have I think six or 6,500 fans so surely with 12 days to go we can try and do something to get at least 5,000 in for the Scottish Cup final. Absolutely. What's happening, Scotland? What's happening to us? Mark Guidi with us as well, along with Barry Ferguson. And we're going to take your calls. 0808 17 17 700. Mark, are we sleepwalking here? Why no fans at the Scottish Cup final? Paul, it doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't add up. It's Scottish football's showpiece occasion of the season. It's SFA's showpiece domestic game of the season we must find a way to get supporters in to Hamden the SFA have got a good relationship with UEFA they should be on the phone to UEFA demanding that they open the doors to even let three or four thousand supporters in I don't think there's really any excuse for it Paul I think it can and should uh, be done not only for supporters for players and their families as well you know mm. both football clubs that you know St Johnson are setting final they haven't had any fans or families mums, dads whatever um, you know so Listen, we've got to find a way. Hamden is a 50,000-seater stadium. Surely we can let a handful, a few thousand in to the game a week on Saturday and really showcase what I think is going to be a cracking advert for Scottish football. Absolutely. Five or 6,000 surely in a stadium that takes 52,000. Look, they can do it at Wembley, can't they? They've got other games there, but they've got the Euros as well and they're going to have huge numbers in then. So please, surely we will get it sorted out. I'm amazed there hasn't been a campaign for this. We all want to be responsible. Absolutely. Things are going the right way with COVID, but there's no reason why a few thousand fans shouldn't be at Hamden. We're calling here that that happens for May the 22nd. What a week we've got, Barry. Congratulations at the weekend on the playoff. You're through to the uh, Brecon City home and away. But uh, you'd be relieved. I know you were two up. Everyone knows that. That can be a difficult scoreline to go in on. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. It's a scoreline I don't really like, if yeah. I'm being honest with you. But listen, that my boy's done brilliantly well. 
Um, obviously going up there on the first leg to Brora to to win the game by two goals to to now and bring them back down to um, Kelty. It was a tough 45 minutes, I'll be honest with you. Um, How did you feel when you went a goal down? I was watching. Yeah, I kind of sensed it in terms of, as I said, first game in four months on Tuesday night, there was going to be a slight dip. um, And I thought the first 30-35 minutes were really rusty. Obviously, Broder go ahead, but a sign of a good team is you respond straight away. And that's what we've done after a minute. We got that goal back. um, Went in at half-time and said a few choice words to them um, and they responded again in the second half and I thought we were we were magnificent in the second half. Thoroughly deserved to go through and look, we've got two games now um, to take Kelty into the, the SPFL. What a story it would be for the club. Be amazing. 4-1 in the day, 6-1 on aggregate mark. And what about Nathan Austin? A hat-trick. Yeah. And I see in the paper today in the record they're talking about Barry went up to Inverness to persuade him to leave the Championship Club to go to the lower league. Well, you, you took the words right out of my mouth. I was just going to highlight there, um, you know, you're up in the cat. And, you, and you, we've read a lot about that, mm. about young yeah. managers going back to the days of, of Sir Alex Ferguson, Kenny Dalglish, or Kenny Dalglish as well. You know, Walter Smith, Martin O'Neill's. Remember, you know, it's that wee personal touch they can make all the difference and, and, and Barry's made that what 400 mile round trip albeit in the chauffeur driven limousine Paul but he's still <laughs> he's, he's still he's still get up there but listen and Nathan, yep. and Nathan Austin's highlighted that was the difference because he's at, you're asking a boy who's absolutely there's no doubt Barry can play in full time football he's got the ability so then he's chosen to, to go down a level to work for a manager that wanted him and to be part of the the Kelty story under 180 minutes away and I strongly fancy them um, to beat Brecon in the playoffs so yep, much and I, yep. I will say I drove as Mark just says there 400 miles and I still had to buy the coffees in Starbucks which is uh, <laughs> disappointing but listen I'm a big believer in you need to have close contact in terms of sitting down looking in a player's eye show them how much you want them and, and get to know them as well no just I know them as players mm-hmm. all my um, all my players at Kelty um, but I like the personal touch, find out about the family backgrounds, um, if they get kids, family life and all that. I think that's important. What happens in the dressing room stays there, but I can imagine at half-time at 1-1, and it was kind of, uh, it, it was almost on in the first half. What did you say at half-time? Well, I can't really repeat <laughs> um, on there, but I, I just was honest and open um, to them. That they've got a real opportunity here. Do they want to throw it all away? Do they want to drive back in their cars after the game and have regrets? No, no chance. That's not the way football works. And um, I want them to go out and give everything the, the the second 45 minutes, which was clear to everybody. You've you seen the difference. Um, that That's the real Kelty for me in the, the second half. Um, but don't take any, anything away from Brora. We knew they were going to come and have a go at us. Yeah. They're a good team. We just didn't get started, but... As I keep saying, the sign of a real good team is how you respond. Um, whether that's going a goal down or whether that's at half-time um, when I'm going through them a wee bit. Uh, but that's that's the kind of group of players I've got. Real honest group, hard-working group. And I think over the two legs, if you ask anybody to watch both games, I don't think there's any arguments. We were the better team. And for sure. Now we look forward to Breton, which they're fighting for their lives to stay in the SPFL and we are fighting to make a bit of history. So much coming up in the next week or two in the Premiership. Rangers will be crowned champions on Saturday against Aberdeen. But on Wednesday, they're at Livingston at six o'clock. Motherwell are at Dundee United. Celtic are at home to St Johnson. It'll be Scott Brown's last game at Celtic Park. Aberdeen against Hibs. Kelly against St Mirren. 
Kelly obviously at the bottom, second bottom. In Ross County against Hamilton, it's a fascinating week. It's not fascinating if you're the uh, the general manager at Ross County or Hamilton at Kilmarnock. We're going to discuss that. And then on Saturday, Hibs Celtic, Rangers against Aberdeen and St. Johnson against Livingston. And we'll be on there on Saturday around 12. And then Sunday at the bottom, Hamilton, Kilmarnock, Motherwell, Ross County, St. Mirren, Dundee United. Who says nothing happens in Scottish football? That's why the split so good, Paul. That's why I, I don't know about others, but I, I think the, the split brings a, a unique dimension uh, to, to to football to here, and we've got all to play for them. Get up against each other. You know, you look at it to, and on Wednesday night. You've got Aberdeen Hibs battling out. It could twist on on third place. Saturday um, at Midermid Park, it's a shootout. Winner takes all. St Johnson Livy for fifth place, and then you've got the bottom um, six as well. And you know that could be. The, the tie of the season, Hamilton come Marnock on, on, on Sunday with it, uh, with all to play for and Ross County in the mix too. So it's brilliant. The unfortunate thing about it is any team that goes down, the team that finishes bottom, jobs will be at stake. Yep. Oh, you know, budgets yep. are cut and that's not nice. That's the, the unfortunate side of it. But, but it is football and uh, it's why we all buy into it. Barry, who knows what's going to happen? We still don't know who is going to go down. We'll find out in the next mm. week or two. But that's true, there's jobs, there's livelihoods. Yeah, a lot of yeah. people don't look at it that way. I totally agree with what Mark says there. Whoever gets relegated, um, there'll be there'll be cost-cutting going on. Um, whether that's to staff, people who work round about the club, and obviously the, the, the playing squad as well, Paul. So, look, a, a, big, a big week ahead, um, certainly for the, re- the relegation, Kilmarnock, Ross County and Hamilton. And it's who stands up to the challenge. Um, and I think it's going to go right down to the last game, if I'm being honest with you. And what, about, and what about Rangers? Some records to chase. They're 23 points ahead of Celtic. The biggest point gap over Celtic, well, the last time it was a 21-point margin in the John Barnes season. At least number of goals conceded. They probably will do that, Barry, I would imagine. Currently on 13. The best record was Celtic in 2001-2002. That was 18 goals. So Rangers on 13 at the moment. And the goal difference, the best record so far, was Celtic in the 2016-17 Invincible season, plus 81 Rangers are currently in plus 81. So you could be invincibles, Rangers could be, and uh, better than plus 81. Yeah, and listen, I'm a big believer in records are there to be broken. They've got a, a real opportunity. Listen, they've done the, the hard part, and that's winning the league. Um, now, as you've just mentioned there, the record's there. that I, I believe they've got every chance of doing it. As long as they go in to these games with the right mindset, I can't see them getting beaten. I see them uh, beating Livingston and Aberdeen. Mark, the Rangers fans, we know they can't be there uh, this weekend. We wish they could be as well. We kind of written off the league season, but we are saying about the Scottish Cup. But for next season, they'll be desperate to see the... It's not a rebuild, but the way he will build. And who'll still be here next season? Most of the team, you would imagine, will one or two go. But you can see that people want to play for Steven Gerrard. They really want to be playing for him because something is happening there. Yeah, there's a real um, togetherness at Rangers. You can see that and it's been evident from day one. Paul, if you go back to um, the 1st of August at Petordi, Ryan Kent's mm-hmm. winning goal. It was a hell of a start for Rangers, you know, considering how they finished last season. A lot of people might have thought that was a um, a potential slippery one for them, but they got over the line. And then I think the one for me that I thought, yep, was um, in October when Rangers went to Celtic Park mm-hmm. and played Celtic off the park and, and, and won very comfortably 2-0. For me, that day, that signalled uh, the change in power in Scottish football I really fancied Rangers strongly uh, I didn't see the the massive decline in, in Celtic the collective 
um, collapse that that happened. But um, even if Celtic were were on it, um, I still would have fancied Rangers to win the title of the season. They thoroughly deserve it. And now, as Barry said, and Barry's been there, he knows what it takes to go and win back-to-back titles. That's a challenge for Rangers. Two challenges. First of all, in August, get through the Champions League, get the £30 million in the bank, which makes a hell of a difference. Second challenge, see off a resurgent Celtic. Because make no mistake, Celtic will be back. There's no way Celtic can be worse than what they've been this season. I think that would be impossible. So there's going to be a real challenge there, which is great for Scottish football. But the gauntlet's thrown down is Stephen Gerrard, James Tavernier and the rest. Go and win it again. Go and do it again. That's what proper champions and brilliant teams do. They win it twice in a row. And that's the pressures you're under when you play at a club like Rangers. Great, they've won the league. Disappointing in the domestic cups. So that'll be one thing when they come back in pre-season is to retain the league title and go and win um, a domestic trophy, i.e. League Cup, Scottish Cup. Um, so look, the pressure's on Rangers. Rangers will be clear favourites going into the going into next season. I've no doubt in my mind about that. At the start of the season, I think Celtic was, was everybody's favourites. Um, so... It's roles reversed now. So how do Rangers handle the pressure? I think now that's the biggest thing that's um, that's impressed me about this Rangers squad. Uh, they've dealt with pressures this year. When they've had a, a slight knock, they've come back and they've responded really well. I see Ali McCoist is saying, is Alan McGregor going to play for Scotland? And should Stevie Clark ask him to come back for the Euros? We spoke about it last week. Barry, is there any chance? You know him so well. Even if he's asked, would he come back? No, I, I very much doubt it. Um, I, I think Stevie Clark's got three good goalkeepers there. Mm. As, as, if you're asked my honest opinion, I think Alan McGregor is, is still the best keeper. But I think his time's been and gone. Um, and I don't think you'll see Alan McGregor and the, the Scotland squad for the Euros but he, tell, tell, tell me yeah. this Barry because you you retired for international football Alan's retired for international football now I know Craig Levine made a hell of an effort to get you back uh-huh. and change your mind about, about a decade ago were you close to doing it or was it just a non-starter yeah I was close um, the, the thing with Craig Levine he gave me two or three weeks it wasn't an instant answer he wanted to he came down and he met us a couple of times down at, at Birmingham but I just felt I was thinking about the, the other players in the squad. I thought it would have just been a media circus, if I'm being honest with you. So that's the decision. Um, they look back and of course I wanted to come back and play, but I just felt my time had been and gone and I had to go and just concentrate on on um, playing with Birmingham and, and making sure my performances were good for them. Do you think Alan will be feeling kind of the same if, if Steve Clark does reach out to him the way that you felt when Craig reached out to you? No, if you're asking me, I know Alan really well, Greg's really well, should I say. Um, I think... No doubt in my mind, he won't go back. Mm-hmm. Mark's a pity, he is our best goalkeeper. Yeah, he, he, he's Scotland's number one goalkeeper. When we spoke about it last week, um, I think what would come into my mind if, if, if I'm Alan McGregor, so he, he's, he's decided to retire and mm-hmm. he's got his own reasons and respect them. Um, if he did decide to go back, Barry, he's knocking out his teammate, John McLaughlin, out the squad mm-hmm. effectively. So that would probably be in his mind. The second thing, if you're Steve Clark, if you did want to approach Alan, it would have to be absolutely in private because what Steve Clark can't afford is a, for it to get out in the public domain and Alan McGregor says no because right away you're going to upset your three goalkeepers, aren't you? Mm-hmm. If you're knowing that you're going sure. to try to get another one. Mm-hmm. But if Steve Clark had has been tipped the wink that Alan McGregor 
is up for coming back and as long as he's 100% sure it would happen I think Steve Clark has to has to take him but that said it's all hypothetical if it comes down to it I agree with Barry I think Alan strikes me as a type of guy once he's made up his mind he's made up his mind yeah. and taking yeah. into account everything all the things that I've mentioned as well John McLaughlin all this mm. stuff I think he'll just sit back and, and wish Scotland all the best during the Euros but I don't think he'll be a part of it 100% he's the best goalkeeper there's no doubt in my mind I think if you ask everybody else they would be the same opinion but I look at Scotland's goalkeepers David Marshall Craig Gordon John McLaughlin I think we've got three very good goalkeepers so we're, we're strong in that area and Celtic fans they won't get the chance to be there for Scott Brown uh, on Wednesday's final appearance after 14 years what can you say about their captain that hasn't been said before Mark I, you know it's difficult I'll be there on, on Wednesday night at, at the game and um, you know like, like we've said many times this season for different reasons just such a shame that Scott Brown won't have the Celtic support there such a shame that he's bowing out uh, on a low in terms of the football club but for him uh, as an individual uh, he's been brilliant you know for 4.4 million quid what a signing he's been he's been an outstanding captain a good person um, as well Barry will, will tell you that he, he's a right good lad as well off the part as much as he, he can get in the wrong side of people on the part but that's what winners do that's what captains do um, and uh, like I said Paul and I'll say it again I can't believe he won't be a Celtic player for this new regime he will be sorely missed particularly behind the scenes with all the upheaval that's coming I think Celtic really have missed a trick by not getting um, Scott Brown tied down another one year contract but Celtic's loss will be Aberdeen's gain Barry what would you say about him that we haven't said before because you know what it's like to be at the top mm -hmm. for such a long time as the captain of the club I think he's been a fantastic player for Celtic Paul um, I think he's improved as he's got older mm -hmm. I think he would agree uh, with that comment I've just made I think when he came he was a, he was a different player he was like a kind of in your face box to box kind of midfielder as he's got older he's, um, he's been playing that kind of number six role and he, he's been a top performer look the amount of games he's played the amount of trophies he's led his team to winning um, I think he, he deserves a an excellent send off um, it's just pity that the fans won't be there to, to thank him basically so I agree with what Mark said. Um, I, I'm surprised, like a lot of people, that he, he wasn't given even an extra year at Celtic. Um, so I think he'll go up to Aberdeen. It's a new beginning for him, a new start. I know he still wants to play, um, but also he'll be able to add his, his, um, a bit of coaching into that as well. But overall, listen, the 14 years he's been at Celtic, he's been an excellent servant. And you two gave each other some great tussles over the years, didn't you, oh, on the pitch? It was, there uh... a few boots at each other. Um, more than a few boots. Um, and a few other things. But listen... But i tell you what, a warm, a warm handshake at the end of the game, I'd imagine, between the two 100%. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, but it was always like that. Listen, you, you go to war for 93, 94 minutes, but when it's over, when you're walking up that tunnel handshake and the respect's still there and Mark um, it's in the paper today Keith Jackson is saying in fact it's regrettable and he's saying that uh, at the Old Firm match the other week it ended with a classless farewell he says from a high ranking Rangers official inside the Airbrooks tunnel when Scott Brown came off and if that's true then you know the players the management all get into it but others other officials normally stay out of things against each other and there's a respect and if that's true they should sort that out there's no place for that in football is there no, no, there's not. And uh, I read Keith's column um, uh, today. So, yeah, um, it's, it's unfortunate if anything has taken place because, look, as Barry's just said there, you can bit war for 90 minutes oh, sure. on the pitch. But when, yeah. when, when you walk off, yeah. 
we're all human beings and you, you've got to show that respect regardless of, of which side you're on yep and the heat of the battle things I've said course, yeah. you have a wee pop at each other um, but when the game's over and you're walking up that tunnel the respect was always there certainly for my side for sure Barry, Mark, 0808 17, 17 700. Loads of fans calling in now. There's so much on this week and you're going to hear it on Go Radio. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show, Monday night. What a week is coming up. And we're less than two weeks away from the Scottish Cup final. It's St. Johnson against Hibs after the weekend. St. Mirren, just not enough there. Losing 2-1 yesterday afternoon. Fair result, Barry, I suppose. You reckon St. Johnson deserved it? Yeah, I, I thought the first 10 minutes St. Mern um, came out the traps, but I, th- I thought as the game grew, um, St. Johnson were the better team. Um, had a shaky last few minutes when St. Mern obviously got that goal, but I think overall, I think anybody watching the game would agree with me that St. Johnson were the better team and deserved to go through at the final. And they're, they're a team that continue to impress me, Paul. I'll be honest with you. Um, I know they're well, well drilled and well coached, but played some good stuff as well yesterday. Mm. I was really impressed with St. Johnson, and, and as I said, they deserve to get into a final. And what a season it would be, not just for Callum Davis and his players, but St. Johnson as a football club to win a double um, with the budget, um, the resources that that um, Callum's under um, up in Perth. So. No, St Johnson have been fantastic the last few months We'll talk about Hibs in a moment or two But let's go on the lines Sean is on the line, a Rangers fan Good evening Sean Hi there, good evening And good luck Barry for your next uh, playoff game Cheers Sean Any tips for him Sean? Um, Hopefully you've got man Um, To be honest, I want the Rangers and Celtic beat I'm heavy uh, I'm all for it uh, for Rangers and Celtic B playing the lower league what do you think on that right so you want to see the B teams in the lower league next season yep yes Barry yeah look I can uh, I think I said in in Friday night I can see from Rangers and Celtic side and also I can see for the clubs in the the lowland league and the the tiers below the lowland league um, that these teams are not getting the opportunity to go in Rangers and Celtic um, are Getting the chance to go in, so I can I can see arguments um, from both sides. Uh, and they put a lot of money in as well. Sorry, but don't they? How fifth, much? How much? Twenty five thousand pound each, which probably equates to maybe three thousand per oh. club in a loan yeah. league. It's not a lot of money. Yeah, um, I meant actually the clubs themselves. Your club, for example, have paid how much recently for COVID testing? Well, we've just had about ten thousand um, pound over the last four weeks, yep. which is a, a huge amount yep. of money when you've not got any fans mm. or any money coming through. Um, into the club um, but listen I get arguments like teams and I'm talking about teams in tier 6 the Darvels, the Clyde Banks who are investing a lot of money in, in their stadiums in their playing squads that they feel that they deserve an opportunity to get into the Lone League um, when obviously Rangers uh, Rangers B and Rain, uh, sorry Celtic B teams mm-hmm. are allowed to get straight in so look I'm all for young players progressing I think it's a good idea I get where Rangers and Celtic are coming from because I think their young players need to learn to play against decent teams and there's a lot of decent teams in the Lowland League but also as I said to you I understand the argument Mm -hmm. from Lowland League sides Difficult one Mark isn't it? It is um, you know there's a financial benefit it's it's not it's not massive Um, you know by no stretch of imagination is it a massive amount of money Um, but what you've got to uh, the first question you've got to ask is does it benefit the Lowland League? Because it's their league. Yeah. So does it benefit them to have Celtic and Rangers in? 
it's not about whether it benefits Celtic or Rangers or not because it's a lowland league so that's why they'll have a democratic vote and see what they decide is, is the best way forward for them if they vote for it and it happens great I'm all for it if it doesn't then uh, respect their reasons and Celtic and Rangers will now need to come up with another plan because there's clearly they're wanting something to happen they, they need something to replace reserve um, team yeah. football Paul something that gives a wee bit more competitive to their younger players and we totally get that as well you want to you know, give players as, as big a test as they can before they approach first team football so it'll be an interesting vote the, the kind of feeling I would imagine Barry will correct me if I'm wrong seems to be that I don't think it'll get passed um, in the vote but you never know yeah that, that's the vibe I'm getting um, from other clubs are no keen on both Rangers and Celtic B teams coming into the low league and, and as Mark says you've got to respect the fact um, it would bring its benefits in terms of I think it'd be great for the young players playing against as I mentioned the teams but also Lone League are without a sponsor and that may attract a sponsor Good point. Yep. having both Rangers and Celtic in the league so they might need to look at it that way but as I said I'm not I'm no sitting on the fence here I totally get both arguments sure. I totally get it Sean what about Rangers this week another big week for you going for the Invincibles how are you feeling just a couple of days away from Livingston oh, I'm, I'm actually counting the days then, man. I'm, I'm just buzzing for get Wednesday and then Saturday, so I'm I'm counting the days and I I want this week to go in so fast, but then after that it's just got to get black to boring because we'll be football, so <laughs> we need to watch English players. But I'm I'm looking forward for this week. Back to boring. I'm sure it's never boring for you, Sean. I can't believe that he's got a boring life. Oh, Sean, Sean, he loves his football. He's the last yeah. guy that I would think would be Sean. boring. Um, but yeah. listen, he's, Sean's just a, a proper yeah. fan. He's like every fan. That this is the time it, it does. It gets hard. Me and Mark were speaking off air. I think this season's absolute flew in mm-hmm. big time, mm-hmm. big time. And it's like when when it comes to the end of the season, you're desperate for pre-season to start up as quickly as possible and and find out who your club's signing and and what's happening at the mm-hmm. club. So, listen, hopefully um, o- over the summer it, it flies in pretty quick and we can get back to playing football again. Sean, you must have felt at the weekend thinking, right, Rangers not in the cup. What, what an opportunity missed. And it's the same for the Celtic fans. Uh, and when you look at it, nobody in the West of Scotland, the two major clubs here, and they're not in the final. So did you miss it at the weekend, Sean? Oh, I definitely missed it at the weekend. But um, good luck to the teams that are in the final. It's St. Johnson. I'll go for St. Johnson to win it, and then that means we got beat, we got beat with the second best team in Scotland. <laughs> of course <laughs> indeed well because they had uh, the, the scalp and, yeah, good point there uh, earlier I was saying about the goal difference and the things that you're chasing this week Rangers are plus 72 actually at the moment and Celtic in their best season were plus 81 so you need to get 9 goals to equal that goals. 10 to Live beat away, it Aberdeen yeah. at home that's uh-huh. uh, it, a big ask it's a big that's ask a big isn't ask. it yeah. yeah it's a big it's, but, it's a hell of an ask but just to go um, unbeaten Paul you know it, you know, 38 games you think we said you know, it's been a it's been a trying Season has been a real challenging season and Barrow knows being a manager all the, the organisation um, the things that you can't do that you would normally do day to day as a football manager and the way Rangers have adapted to it they've adapted best of all because clearly they're, they're out in front by 23 points mm-hmm. ahead of a uh, second place um, Celtic so say, you've got say to that again for Sean for could you? 23 points <laughs> 23 points Sean <laughs> so you know it, it's it's been it's been a challenge and um, it's worked for Rangers very very well uh, over the past nine months and they thoroughly deserve to be champions and the climax of course comes on the Saturday mid-afternoon when the SPFL 
uh, present James Tavernier and the rest of the squad with a mm-hmm. with a trophy, and uh, I'm sure they'll celebrate for a few days, and and quite rightly so, they thoroughly deserve it. I'd be disappointed a few days. I'd be expecting a week <laughs> celebration. Uh, yeah. You've got to listen. You've got to milk it. And I've said this a couple of times. I think I said it in my column four or five weeks ago. You've got to milk these moments. Mm-hmm. We don't come around um, all the time. So when you go and win a title, go and enjoy it. Enjoy the moment. Um, and then listen, they, they've seen the reaction, what happened five, six weeks ago. Yeah. When the they title. win the league, yeah, yep. that that would just make me even more hungrier, and that I think that's the thing that will disappoint Stephen Gerrard. They'll go back to it. losing against um, St Johnson in the mm-hmm. quarter final. That was another opportunity. Um, yep. You see how the fans celebrated. Um, so, look, not Saturday's um, Saturday's going to be brilliant for the players, brilliant for the club, and, and as you've just mentioned earlier, the, the records for me, records are there to be broken. I love seeing records broken. One of mine got broke with. Alan McGregor yeah. during the season um, the record European appearances and I love seeing that so hopefully Rangers can break another few Sean how long will you be celebrating for? Uh, probably two weeks and then I'll celebrate for two weeks and then hope for Scotland <laughs> beat England of course <laughs> and then start your pre-season preparation so listen on that you have conceded only Rangers have conceded only 13 goals you know, so you could well get that record which was 18 goals of Celtic no 20, 19 years ago no what about your goalkeeper? Do Ali McCoist has said Stevie Clark should ask him play in the Euros for Scotland. What would you say, Sean? Oh, see, see if we could get Alan McGregor uh, playing uh, for Scotland against England, we might have a chance. Well, he does make a difference, and you know, Barry, you've been saying he's kind of fifteen points a season, so it's, you can understand it's, it's uh, that people would be saying, let's get, let's try anyway. Yeah, they'll try, but if you're asking my honest opinion, I don't think it will happen. And for me, look, I, you know what I think, Alan McGregor. For me, he's the best goalkeeper I've played with. Just as he's get, he's getting older, he's just get better and better. And you see the difference he makes. We spoke about having a top goalkeeper, 15, 18 points a season. You see some of the saves he's pulled off this season have been remarkable, remarkable saves. Um, look, it'd be great to see him in a Scotland shirt, no doubt about it, but. It ain't going to happen for me. Who's to, who's to say he's not already been sounded out and it's been put, yeah. to, put to bed? Because it's the kind of thing that I don't think Steve Clark, being as as, as thorough and as professional, I don't think uh, that's providing Steve Clark wants to ask the question. Steve Clark might not mm. want to ask the question, not in terms of he doesn't rate Alan McGregor's ability, in terms of the the harmony within the squad. That would be the, the biggest hurdle that Steve Clark would have to uh, ask himself. So it may well have been sounded out and he's got the response that no, Alan's not interested and that's fine he knows now I've tried it it's finished it's put to bed I'll give you one who Mm. plays obviously I don't think Alan McGregor neither do you who plays in goals number one for Scotland let me ask Sean what do you think about it Mark Sean who would you start with David Marshall or Greg Gordon if it's no Alan McGregor it's got to be David Marshall go with David Marshall yep and why why not because what he did, you know, yeah. to get us to the Euros. I, I would, I would give David Marshall the the, the nod to. But I think put it this way, in the, the the friendly games against Luxembourg and Holland, the way I'd put it is the number one jersey is David Marshall's to lose. Mm-hmm. That's the way I'd put it. Barry, what do you think? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. But listen, Craig Gordon's a a top class goalkeeper. I just couldn't believe Celtic let him go. Um, in the summer with the problems that he had with goalkeepers but for me I agree with, with Sean and Matt I think it's um, David Marshall's to lose 
Saw him yesterday, he's looking as fit as, as a fiddle at the, the boys' football. Just saw him afterwards uh, in Lanarkshire, that's all we'll say. But I thought, oh, yeah, it's David Marshall. Yeah. So he's looking well. Sean, it's been great to get your call. So are you going to be invincible after Saturday at 3 um, o'clock? Yes, we are. We've got to win. I says um, last Monday when Barry was busy team coaching, <laughs> I says Rangers would win 3 0. And I said that to uh, Marvin. Marvin. So, yeah. so he'll come and haunt me. Uh, we went 3 0, but I, I'm going for that. And Aberdeen, it'll be a harder game, but I'll go 2 1 against Aberdeen because I think that'll be still a good game because Aberdeen will give a game. So I think it'll be interesting. And hopefully, after that, with the football in four weeks' time, we go down to England and we went 2 0, I'll be happy. That's right. Yep, I'm just amazed. Lee, that, and yep. do you know who that? I would, I would play Lee Griffiths up front. Who? I know, I know. It's just because we don't. He didn't come on, did he, the other week, or did he come on for seconds? No, no he, he didn't. didn't, did he? It, he I'm, didn't just a, it's not, I'm just amazed that Sean says he's going to celebrate for two weeks. How do you manage two weeks? I could do a week. I don't know about you two did weeks. After the, yeah, was, a that, week? was that a week? Uh-huh. A week. And you'd a match at the end. Responsible drinking is what we're all about here. Of course, we're not saying you're the Scottish Cup final to win the treble. Saying you're only the Scottish Cup final to win the treble back in 2003. We're not going there. Sean, back to the football. Yep. Hey guys, are you staying on? Oh, actually, you just cut off at that moment to say we're staying on. Say that again. Are we staying on? Do you want us to stay on? Yep, definitely. Right. We're staying on then. That's it. Decision made. Sean, yeah. we'll stay on if you let us commit <laughs> you for our form. Like. Anybody? Sean, thanks very much for calling. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. I don't want to hear you on that talk sport this week. <laughs> <laughs> and if I hear you down the River Clyde, that's it. <laughs> We're on from five every evening. Thanks, Sean. 0808 17 17 700. It's great to hear the football fans. Room for everyone. People love their football here in the west of Scotland. With some great callers this yeah, well, year. You just yeah. heard Sean. He's a prime example. He'll be bored yep. after the weekend. Um, and that, that's like most people. We, we love our football. Um, and as I said, I, I do, I believe it's, I don't know why, but it's flew in for some odd reason this season. So we're telling Tracy, Gary and the bosses here, if they want this, we'll, we'll stay on for the summer. Yeah, we'll stay yeah, on. I thought you'd yeah. made that decision. I don't make the decision, so that's up to the <laughs> the bosses. But Barry said he'll be there. Mark? Oh, I'm up for it. I never yeah. asked you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I dived in. <laughs> The Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show. Mark Guidi in floods of tears there just before the, the <laughs> just break. Just before I get sacked. Mark, no, we're <laughs> delighted that you have joined us. You've joined uh, the team at Go Radio and yep, you'll be on during the summer. That was... Uh, no, I liked we, that one. Thought thought it was funny. Just, I just dived in. It was brilliant. You done my black kipper. It was yeah. great. Hibs uh, deserve to go through as well. Dundee United, what happened to them at the weekend, Mark? Remarkable compared to the you know the week before against Aberdeen. I you know I think we were we were doing our uh, our tips on the uh, on on Friday night. And I yeah. thought it would go. Um, I, I did fancy Hibs, but I'm sure I said extra time or something like that. But I, I, I was surprised. I thought that Dundee United they didn't really seem to get going for me till after the second goal. They created a couple of chances, but then it was too late. Albeit the second goal was clearly offside. Um, that they were very unfortunate yeah. there, but. Two good finishes um, from Hibs, Kevin Nisbet again, showing his, his quality. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he'll be in that Scotland squad, um, Paul. But for Dundee United, yeah, I think the one thing you say about when you go to Hamden for semi-finals or cup finals, if even if you lose, make sure you leave everything out mm-hmm. in the park. I mean, I think St Mirren gave their absolute left everything out in the park. Yes, it just wasn't to be. But for Dundee United, I just thought they, they did a wee bit more to give. Yeah, I, I think Mickey will be disappointed. Um 
I fully expected to be a closer game. Um, I, I did say I fancied Dundee United for the simple fact I thought they were excellent when they played Aberdeen up mm, at Petaudry um, in the quarter final. Um, but they just didn't lay a glove on Hibs until it is. Uh, you just mentioned there they scored the second goal which was clearly offside yeah. I can see why Mickey's angry about that but overall Hibs were a better team there's no argument there So the cup final is going to be St Johnson against Hibs but at the moment no fans there but we and Go Radio are calling for them surely to get fans in for May the 22nd George is in the line in Rutherglen joining the conversation Good evening George Hi guys how's it getting on? Good how are you? I'm very well thanks Good, so a big week for you with Rangers, a couple of games to stay yeah. invincible. But you yeah. want to talk about the fans as well? Yeah, well, it's the two main points. And the first point is the utter madness that fans aren't allowed for, to go into the Scottish Cup final. And the main, the, main, the main thinking about it, I'm a Rangers man, so it doesn't really mean yep. anything to me, but it's teams like St Johnson and Hibs, not so much Hibs though, who don't get to these finals on a regular basis. Um, the example I can give you where it's just a madness is this is open ground um, and I don't know if you know through the snooker championship yep. through the actual rounds the capacities were getting higher and higher and for the final it was actually a full capacity yep. now the crucible's tiny yep. and the capacity I think is about 780 for that mm. and it's indoors and that had a capacity indoors for the final the snooker handing 52,000 if you're fitting at least 10% into that, there's surely enough space to segregate and you would be able to at least stagger them coming in. It could be achievable with that amount of fan base. Um, also, if you didn't want to hold it at Hamden, you know, I suppose maybe Tynecast or Tanadice mm. could be a, an option where maybe reducing it to 3,000. I just, you know, I know there's people who get paid a lot more money than us <laughs> to, to come up with these scenarios, but I, I just don't get it. I think it's depriving fans who St Johnson may not get to another final for maybe 30 or 40 years you know George <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, this listen. has all got to be taken into consideration you know now listen George be careful it's common sense you're speaking isn't it yeah, Very. listen I, I couldn't agree any more with what George has said there in, in terms of he makes a good point you could stagger at least 5,000 fans in there now fans have not been to any football games for 13-14 months I don't think they would bother one single bit if they were in two, two and a half hours before the game actually started. Because yeah, they're there to support their teams. Um, and surely, open air, size of Hamden, if we can't use Hamden, you go to Celtic Park or Ibrooks, mm -hmm. you could easily get 5,000 fans in there, no problem. He makes a good point about the Crucible, 780 fans there or whatever. They've done the lateral flow, flow test there, which I, I think is 60%. Accuracy, yeah, yeah, something like yeah. that. Um, so it, it I can be done. I'm not bad, I think it's mm. in the 70s. All right, yeah. you know your stuff, George. <laughs> I don't, obviously. No, but I'm just no, saying that shows you, you know what I mean. So, but you're bang you on. Know. Listen, I agree with everything um, you've said there. It's a great point. Staggered, I mean, I, I think if you staggered in for nine o'clock in the morning, people would sit <laughs> inside that inside the stadium for five or six hours just to watch their team have a chance of winning the Scottish soak Cup. Soak it up, yeah, great soak point. It up, meet up with each other, blether put the, the, the highlights of the previous rounds and the big screens all that kind of right. stuff you so know. Mark you've been in the media for many years well yeah. respected what's happening the media seem quiet but we've been going on for weeks about it I don't hear much no, anywhere else I, I think it'll be I think it'll be kicking off Paul in the next 24 hours well it yeah. needs to yeah, we need to does. be responsible yeah. but we also need a bit of ambition here but, Paul yeah. we're, we're, also respect, the, we're, we're also respectful of the virus but of we course. see now yeah. the numbers are going down yep. yeah. and there's ways yep. around about it 
And I, I can't believe that we're 12 days away yeah. from our national final and we're still not allowing at least four or 5,000 fans into a game. I, I said just a minute ago there, footballers talking about you know, Dundee United and, and, and St Man, you know, if you lose a semi-final, you lose a final. You want to make sure that you've given your absolute all, that you have no regrets, that you've given everything that just wasn't to be. I would hope that that's the same with SFA, Paul, that they give it everything, that they speak to EF or whoever it may be to try their very best because it's their, their tournament, it's SFA's tournament, it's a brilliant tournament, great history yeah. um, involved. So, as I say, I'd love to see four or 5,000 supporters in the stadium. So just as long as SFA explore every avenue um, and if it's not to be it's not to be but as long as it's not for the lack of trying mm -hmm. right. that's all I ask and you're down trying that's of the course. way to put it and surely least. they could bring stewards oh. if it's about getting people there to help get stewards from listen you get voluntary people to do of that of course no get problem. stewards from Hibs as well yeah. to help George listen what I was going to say is actually the madness is actually you know from the 17th of May potentially you know you could be watching that game in the pub yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Whereas that and that that's enclosed. Yeah, we 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 you know bundles of six people etc. You know yeah. and it's mm -hmm. you know but I, I listen you know there, there must be there, there, the SFA have got loads of avenues they can go down here. Mm -hmm. Hamden's just not the only option for this. George, I'm sure there's other states. You know what I mean? It's see, just it's a, it's see if I talk to say your team was in at Rangers. Mm -hmm. And you were allowed to stagger in. You you would get in at half eleven, twelve o'clock. You would take that opportunity, mm -hmm. wouldn't you? Aye. Well, my main point is, and don't take this the wrong way. Celtic Rangers get to these finals on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking that for teams that don't get there on a regular. Yeah, basis, I'm just asking you as a fan, though, a supporter. Yeah, would you I, do that? I, I, I'd be there. You know, I'd, I'd be an overnight stay. If I had yeah, to. there you go. Do you know mm -hmm. what I mean? That's you what know, it means you know, to yeah. fans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. Good but, point, George. Spread know. the word. There's still time. Why wouldn't it happen? It is a changing scenario. We're hearing. Uh, you know, the, the changes are coming. I think there's more news coming tomorrow. As you say, May the 17th was a big date. This is May the 22nd for the cup final. Come on, let's... Uh, and we've seen Anfield are going to have 10,000. Goodison, 6,500. Come on, surely. Anfield's just up the road. Do you uh, know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Who are you living? <laughs> You're in Rutherland. No, but, you, no, but I, I know that, but in regards to... You know, we're not talking about London here or anything like no, that. Know. You know, it's no... A million miles away. You I know agree. What I mean? and, Listen, we agree. You know, yep. George, what else were you thinking then as a Rangers fan? What are you, what are you feeling? What right. are you thinking? Yeah. So this is my point. This is my main point. Right. So I remember Dick Advocates team, which I personally I actually watched a game the other day, Barry. I don't know if you remember it. Stoom Gratz, 5 0. Um, Ibrooks. Yeah, remember it. I've seen Rangers play. That Advocates team is the best Rangers team I've ever seen. I've watched since 1986, as soon as he sent off his first game. Um, and I think that the Celtic managed to do the turnover the next year where they actually clawed back the 21 points and won the league by a distance. Um, so I would never say never, but I hear that mentioned a lot. The difference is when Martin O'Neill came in and he spent £20-25 million pound, um, on players, we were competing with English clubs at the time, and that was about the going rate for really good players. Um, so you could buy top-notch players for six, seven million pound a piece and challenge. Um, that's not going to happen this day because Ryan Kent excluded, you don't get that car or that player anymore for that same level of money that you would get down south. And I think that's the difference between now and then. So I think even if Celtic spend 20, 25 million pound in players, it won't be the same turnaround that Martin O'Neill had because they won't get the same level of player because the money now 
that's nothing nowadays. And I think that's maybe got to be took into consideration when Celtic are supposed to be challenging next year. Mark, good point. Yeah, it is a good point. When you think back to that team, you know, Martin O'Neill brought in Lennon, Sutton, Thompson, Voharan and Agat, um, you know, for a combined total of... 15, you know, 18 to 20 million pounds and, and, and obviously big uh, wages as well but the other thing that Martin O'Neill had in his favour that the new Celtic manager won't I don't think is that Martin O'Neill also reinvigorated and got the very best out of Petrov Mijalbi Moravchik mm. he then got a Henrik Larsson coming back from the broken leg and he just went to completely different uh, levels um, you know so when you look at that you know, he, he had a bit of a base to, to, to build on from there. He also inherited, you know, Paul Lambert's, you know, in, in, in the middle of the part and things like that, you know, a European Cup winner. Yeah. So there was a there was a solid nucleus there and then ones that won the performing again and then he topped it up with three or four bits of real quality um, in his first uh, season. The new Celtic manager, um, in my opinion, yeah. won't have that luxury. Mm-hmm. Could there be complacency though, Barry, if Rangers no. were to think this way? I, I very much doubt it. I very much doubt it. He knows there's a real possibility to build on what they've done this season. And I firmly believe that. You've seen last week with the sign of Sakala. I think there'll be another two or three, as I said. So I think the manager knows that there's going to be a rebuild. There's going to be a new manager. There's going to be new players coming in at Celtic. But Rangers have got the core as long as they keep. For me, their best players, which I firmly believe they'll try and let them do i.e. your Ryan Kent as I said he's the number one that I think they've got to make sure that you, I'd be tying him um, to Ibrooks and not make him go anywhere because he's that important over the last couple of months but I firmly believe that Stephen Gerrard knows there's a real possibility to build and and power on and by making two or three signings and one's already through the door Ryan Kent how good has he been in your opinion George? Oh, he's, he's he's definitely had an excellent half to the season. He's a big game player, which we need, you know. Um, and he's just he's good to watch. Some of the stuff he done against Celtic in the last old film game was sublime, you know. And I think Rangers in the whole have been excellent. Um, but he is a special player. Um, but every player has his price, mm-hmm. and and I think if some crazy bid comes in for him, he's off. You know right. what I mean? Barry, the, the thing with Ryan Kent is he, he's brought consistency to his game where he would have one great yes. game two or three average games over the last two or three month period every single game he's been up there whether he's been the top man or one of the top men um, for Rangers so for me look money talks if somebody comes in I mean 20-25 million you've got to seriously look at that there's no doubt about it but I hope oh, you'll be off Barry you'll be off for that I know, but I'm you're hoping against some hope. You never know. <laughs> George, listen, can we keep in touch with you about this? Uh, you know, your comments were spot on about getting fans to the cup final. So yeah. we'll speak to you in the yeah, coming yeah, days. No yep. Cheers, Cheers, George. George. Thanks, Thanks for the call. Guys. All the best. You too. Bye. The news is next. I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy. Gary, what a job you did out there today. Oh, it was it was unbelievable. You saw the customers' faces when that boiler went in. It was a really special moment. And what about the overall performance? Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy. The Go Radio Football Show. Talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. It's Barry Ferguson, Mark Guidi, Paul Cooney here. 
On the Go Radio Football, Rangers have failed in the appeal against Kemar Roof's four-match suspension for the red card against Slavia Prague in March. That's breaking news just now. Rangers have failed in their appeal against Roof's four-match suspension for that red card in that, uh, well, now notorious match against Slavia Prague in March. Mark Guidi, just coming in. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, four, when you, when you look at everything that happened um, that evening, it was all very unfortunate, um, of, of course. Um, four did seem a bit severe. Look, it wasn't a very pleasant challenge, albeit I don't think it was deliberate um, at all. But um, I think four was was severe, and I totally get why um, Rangers decided to appeal. I think it was, and it should have been appealed. Um, but unfortunately, they've lost. And that's a blow to, to keep our roof, because right away, just as we're speaking about, Paul, that's the four Champions League qualifiers. Exactly, you know? I was going to say, Barry, Champions yeah, League. Look, yeah, look, I, I watched that challenge a, a number of times, and look, the the goalkeeper got a sore one, no doubt about it, but if you watch it, Kamar Roof's going for the ball. I don't think he's meant it. Look, I do think it was um, it was dangerous, there's no doubt about it, but I think four games is yeah. a bit much. Yep, I, I would probably say one or two games at most. Because um, as, as I said, I, I had the beauty of watching it five, yep. six, seven times and, and there was no malice in it. It was, look, it was a sore one. You're no, there's no doubt about it. The goalkeeper got a um, a cracker on the on the face, but I think four games, Paul, is a bit too severe. But Paul, just one other wee bit. Of, yeah. You just want to drop uh, drop in to wish him all the best. Frankie McAvoy, Lanarkshire boy, um, has got the Preston job on a on a full time basis. Of course, Frankie uh, was at Hamilton Aki's very instrumental in bringing through the likes of James McCarthy and James MacArthur. You know, really set up the the there at Hamilton Aki's with with George Cairn so who took it on. So we we've not got many Scottish managers down south now in the top two divisions and for Frankie to get that job just I'm sure all the same at Go Radio just to wish him all Absolutely. the best and hope it hope it goes well he was Alec Neal's number two for four yeah. or five years and yeah. trying to get that job it's brilliant at Preston North End where there have been so many famous players managers yep, in the past well, it was great club Alec's um, right hand man at Hamilton then obviously yep. down to Norwich and then yeah, obviously similar yeah, they felt Preston. bring loose through wouldn't they yep, yep. yep. and then obviously at Preston North End and obviously Alec left I think two or three months ago and he took over the reins and, and done a fine job got a few good results and it's good look, you always want to see Scottish managers do well and, and Preston listen um, it's in the championship but Preston good set up big club certainly is so that's uh, good news breaking news uh, as well about Kmar Roof the four match ban the appeal from Rangers has not been upheld you, you feel Mark there's a bit of levelling up was going on at UEFA wasn't there because they knew they had to and they should do what they were doing against Cudela uh, but yeah. you, you feel maybe I'm being unfair maybe I'm being a wee bit oh, I, th- so, I yeah. think four's severe yeah, I, is, I think it is yeah. I think four's okay. um, yeah. severe and it's not you know wasn't he deliberate in terms of violent conduct you know it was it was a high boot it was very yeah. unfortunate wouldn't they like to be in the keeper and the receiving end of it but was there malice was there intent to injure the goalkeeper no I don't think so so four is severe and like we say it's not four games where Rangers will you know should be it could be four really tough games you're talking about 30 million quid at the end of those four games Paul we want to ask Barry Ferguson about an outstanding young player that he has talked about all season uh, he played at the weekend let's hear from the four managers so uh, Mickey Mellon briefly it was a tough day for him going out of the cup at the semi-final either the quality into the front players wasn't good enough or when it went in there we weren't imagining it enough or, or made the right movements or that's listen, that's we, we, we need to get better at that we, we know that and then crosses into the box we, we, we needed to be better we were over hitting them or under hitting them um, so over the course of the game yeah we, 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 we need to get better at the, the moments 
where we could have maybe allowed ourselves to get back into the game um, and we weren't quite able to do that. 2-0 for Hibs and at the empty Hamden, Jack Ross. I had a good feeling about the players all week. Um, you know, my last message to them today was about how much I trust them and about having that trust in themselves and each other and I think it was just a performance that was reflective of that. I was taking any sort of win. Uh, you know, I, I would have happily came here and been rubbish and won the game to get the final but I thought we were excellent. Difficult opponents as they all are in, in the top flight in Scotland, the teams that come from the top flight but we played well and maybe had opportunities to make it more comfortable towards the end of the game but I just think over the piece of the game we looked solid defensively and we carried that attacking threat that we always do. So Saturday we knew that Hibs were through. Barry, you were uh, surprised about Dundee United, but Hibs people were saying have they got the bottle to get to the final? And they did. Well, they've shown they have, because um, there was a lot of people questioning um, that. And as I said, I didn't see the game, obviously, because I had my own game, but I watched the highlights and it was clear to me that Hibs were the, the dominant team. And there was a bit of pressure on them because they were favourites. And that group of players showed... Um, the Hibernian fans that they can handle pressure and they've got to a final and they've got a, a big one believe me it's going to be a tough one against St Johnson but all credit to, to Jack Ross and the Hibs players they thoroughly deserve to get through you could hear it in Mickey's voice the Dun United manager he was disappointed in all aspects of the Dun United game but nobody can argue um, that Hibs were um, the better team Mark, Kevin Nisbet will we see him play this summer for Scotland do you think? I'm sure he'll be in the squad, mm-hmm. um, Paul. Um, I'm, I'm quite certain about that. I'll be in the squad. Now, whether he actually participates in any of the games, I don't know. I don't think he'll go as first choice striker. But like we were saying earlier about the goalkeeping situation, there's two friendlies before it, and there's probably probably the strikers' positions are the ones where Steve Clark might have the biggest decision mm-hmm. to make. Does he go with Lyndon Dykes? Does he not? Does he put somebody up beside Lyndon Dykes, etc., um, etc.? So uh, yeah, I think there's a there's a position um, up for grabs and. Uh, you know, I think Hibs are really good to watch and mentioned it, you know, and I think it was on Friday night uh, again as well. You know, when you look at the quality that they've got in their squad and for a player of the the ability and the intelligence of Jamie Murphy to come off the bench and just how he can just give you that that little bit extra quality um, up top. So I think um, between Hibernian and St Johnston, um, out with Rangers, I think both Hibernian and St Johnston have been the most entertaining teams um, in the country and that's why I think it's going to make for a cracking Scottish Cup final week on Saturday Yep in terms of Nisbet it was interesting I, I, I seen him having a go back at I think it was John Collins uh, that had a, yeah. had did, a go at about yeah. yeah I'm a bit looking at it every time I've seen young Nisbet play one thing I like about him is he's, he's work rate um, he continually impresses me he's another young player and I love it similar to Shanklin at Dundee United Mark I don't know if you agree with me let go be Partick Thistle Went down to League One with Wraith Rovers, scores goals, gets his move to Dunfermline, scores more goals in the Championship and gets that move to the, the Premier League and tell you what, he's he's grabbed it with both hands. Yeah. Um, looks to me every time I watch him, he's getting better and better. Um, and I love to see that. I love when players get knocked at a young age. They need to drop a couple of levels, um, but they're showing a real strong mentality to go and work hard and, and get back to the top I love the kind of stories and, great and resilience isn't it mm, just brilliant, great resilience brilliant and uh, do you know what every chance he'd been in the Euro squad yeah. Kevin Nisbet and Josh Doig uh, just looking here yeah. he is the young player of the year and he's just saying here it's an honour to be named young player of the year by the Scottish Football Writers Association yeah. thank you Mr Former president here <laughs> thanks to those who voted and to everyone who didn't you can no uh, who's helped me do something I love for a living thanks to each of you I'll never take that for granted some big games left now to cap off a dream season 
Do you know what I like about Jocelyn? I've, I've never met the boy. I've watched him playing a few times and he really impresses me. He's going all the way to the top uh, for sure. Another top left back that this country's going to produce. Just what you're reading out there, Paul, he's quote, a very humble boy, very down to earth and yep. appreciative of everything that's going on in his life. He knows his, his privileges, all, but he's worked very hard for it. He's at a good football club and um, you know I think that uh, one or two had mentioned um, you know, why is it, and I know Barry likes him, why is Ali McCann not in the running? But just to, to clarify, Paul, it's a young Scottish player yes. of the yep. year. That's why it was Turnbull, David Turnbull, Lewis Ferguson, um, Josh Doig and um, Nathan Patterson yep. uh, were the four that were on the shortlist. I'm sure Alan McCann would have been on that shortlist, but of course he plays for Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. So just to clarify it, it's a young Scottish player of the God, year. Thank you for that. We will speak about Alan McCann shortly, not just yet. yet. Well done to Josh Doig. Deserves it. I, mm. I said he's the one that I think should have got it. it? Consistently yeah. played week in, week out for Hibs. Um, Hitty Oust, a, a legend at the club Aye. in Stevenson at, at left back, who's still a good player. Um, but I tell you what, we've got another, as Mark just mentioned there, we've got another top left back um, in our hands. Um, and if you just read out his interview there, clear to me, he's going to keep his feet on the ground and work even yeah. harder on the training ground. And Hibs will struggle to keep a hold of him. Um, brilliant to see. And it's great, I, I just, listen, I get so much out of seeing young players come through at clubs and go on and, and do really well. And for me, we've got a top left back in the future. Certainly have. So that was uh, Saturday, Hibs through to the final. So who were they going to play? It's going to be one of the Saints, St Mirren or St Johnson. And it proved to be St Johnson who were the favourites. Let's hear 2-1 at the end. Here is Jim Goodwin. You know, and I think we have took the club to... A different level this year you know and of course we're going to get criticized for missing out on top six and we'll get criticized for getting to two semis and not being able to get over the line to get to a final and, and you know i'll take that on the chin not a problem uh, we set the bar really high this year and um you know it's been a really tough tough season when you consider all the 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 problems that we had with covid way back september october time you know where we've came from at that particular moment to now um i think it's great credit to the staff and to the players it's a remarkable season for st Mirren. Yeah, well, I'm I'm one of the guys that's not going to criticise yeah, no. Sitman. Um, I think Jim Goodwin has done an unbelievable job. You ask it, anyone who predicted who was going to go down, Sitman would have been in their thoughts, mm -hmm. and they were in my thoughts as well. Uh, so credit to Jim, credit to the the, the players at Sitman. His recruitment's been excellent. Um, he's brought in good experience, but also he's brought in untested players from uh, Southern Ireland who have done a great job so for me I think St Mern have had a fantastic season yeah they'll be disappointed two semi-finals missed the opportunity but there's always next season I think that's a, a club of the they continue to back Jim Goodwin he'll go out and try and strengthen again I think they can try and break into the top six and do one better next year and maybe get to a final but for me I think he's had a that's a superb season. Let's hear the manager speaking about next year. Look, hopefully next year we can we can draw on the experience that we've had. We've got a relatively young group in there, and um, you know hopefully we can we can draw on the experience from last semi-final and this semi-final, and and hopefully uh, we can use that to motivate us to go that little bit further next year. Yeah, he's, I agree with Barry. He doesn't deserve any criticism. I think that's maybe just been the sort of kind of heat of the moment, just the, the obvious disappointment. Yeah. I was at the game yesterday. I felt for Jim. We could see him sinking to his knees when Kenar has missed that chance. Um, at 0-0 and we talk about small margins in mm -hmm. football 
and it has really been small margins um, for St Mirren missing out by a couple of goals that that, that late minute goal um, that they conceded at Hamilton Aki's Quainard missing uh, a chance Lee Irwin missing a chance um, at 0-0 and then just a, you know, a bit of brilliance from, from St Johnston uh, to finish off but Jim Goodwin and everybody at St Mirren can hold their head high he is an outstanding young manager once again another one that we've got um, in this country and um, Jim's got nothing to fear he's got, he's got a bright future in the game So St Johnson going for the double Chris Kane Glenn Middleton despite the Covid scare that they had uh, let's hear from the manager the 2-1 win about the performance For me first and foremost it's been a really tough week for us uh, for everybody involved and you know, I thought the lads were tremendous. You know, the spirit, their determination to, to play. And I thought the football was really good. You know, I thought we managed to, to get into good areas. Uh, first half a little bit quicker, we couldn't take them. Uh, I thought St Mirren were good as well. I thought they missed a chance first half. And then, obviously, Glenn coming on uh, made that impact on the sub. You know, I think he was tremendous. And, you know, it's a big pitch, big area. Uh, and he managed to produce a good for us. Yeah, more good news for Rangers with Glenn Middleton on loan, playing so well, coming on his sub. But what about Ali McCann, Barry? Yeah, I, I thought he was um, very good again. Um, I was obviously watching the game and watching the pre-match build-up. Yeah. I seen like obviously everybody's got an opinion. They were talking um, about Ali McCann um, and said that he doesn't do enough in in games. I feel he does. Uh, as I've I've mentioned on this show a number of times, for me, he's an outstanding young talent. I I think he gets better and better every time I watch him. And I thought he had another. Excellent game yesterday. At an age, is he 21? 20, sorry, out of interest, who Michael said he Stewart. doesn't do it? Michael Stewart yeah. said that. So I'm, I'm a bit surprised at that. Mm-hmm. As I said, every time I've watched him, he's always impressed me. And again, um, he took a bull by the horns and that. I thought he was a dr- real driving force mm-hmm. alongside Craig Bryson, which will help with his yeah. experience alongside him. I thought both of them were excellent in the middle of the park. And bearing in mind, St. Johnson are missing another experience a big player from Liam Craig again he's been outstanding at his age this season but young Alan McCann for me is a a top talent I seen in the the press yesterday Celtic obviously looking at him I'm not surprised they should sign him I'm not surprised that big clubs are keeping an eye on him because for me if he continues his development the way he is he's going to go on to the next level Mm -hmm. He's, he's in demand, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just going back to, I mean, I, I respect Michael Stewart's um, opinion. I think he's very good um, at what he does. But that's it. I can only imagine, um, Paul, that he's that he's not watched Ali McCann um, often this season. Because if you watch Ali McCann, then you would have a totally uh, different opinion. And yeah, I'm sure Barry's right. Celtic looking at him. I think there's at least five or six um, English Championship clubs um, looking at him. So St Johnson have created a real asset. Um, in their hands Paul you know you look at some of the fees now for our young players and it's good because they're not going down south in the cheap they're not coming up here anymore and just picking up guys for three or four hundred grand it's proper transfer fees and I'm sure that Alan McCann will fall into that that category I mentioned one earlier when we were talking about Frankie McAvoy Hamilton Aki's two million quid for, for James McCarthy um, a couple of years ago but Alan McCann's got to be in and around that bracket for sure Who's watching him from Celtic? Is there anyone there at the moment? Oh, that's no a word, big question. No word on H-Watch. We haven't mentioned it. We're an hour and 20 <laughs> minutes in to the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited. Mark, any news? No, I'm unaware um, of anything. Paul, my, my just in take case, on Just in case you were sitting on it for an hour and a half. I, you, know, story, you know, yeah. I never like to give no. things away. Um, I would, uh, my take on it is that I think it has to be Eddie Howe. I, I, I don't see 
any other reason why it can't be Eddie Howe. I'm just intrigued as to why it's not been announced, but I think it must be something in the small detail of the maybe the his kind of exit from from Bournemouth, maybe something um, like that. But that said, the sooner he gets he gets paraded by Celtic and can, can get on with his job, um, the better, obviously, for Celtic because he's he's the start of it all, and then the rest has to fall into place when he's once he's appointed. Someone whose stock is going up and up is Callum Davidson. I mean, St. Johnson will be hard pushed to hold on to him, won't they, in the future? I would imagine so. You know, in his first year as a, as a manager, um, he's been outstanding. Um, and I was swayed, but I have to say it now, I think he is a manager of the year. You know, when you look yeah. at it, his first season as a manager, and the, the, the way you look at it is the improved players, and you look at what he inherited, and you look at, like we're talking about, Ali McCann, Jason mm-hmm. Kerr. Um, been linked with Hibs the other day somebody was mentioned 300 grand for Jason Kerr must be having a laugh um, you know you can times that by five um, then you're looking at, at Jamie McCart and, and, and Liam Gordon and all the others young Chris Kane Barry I don't even think of Chris Kane he's 26, 27 yeah, I'm saying young he's not young no. but um, you know he's got a lot to offer as well big moments big goals he's finished for the, for, for the first goal yesterday yeah, he's I, I think well. a lot of people with Chris Kane will think I look at his goals um, but one thing about Chris Kane is he's what right for the team he's all over the pitch yeah listen it, yeah. It's, you've got to have players like mm. that in your team and that's one thing he does he gives you what right and, and you know what he got his goal and do you know what you get that when you work hard um, you get your just rewards and he got his just rewards with getting his goal but you go back about two really good teams I think St Johnson and St Mern but also two really good young managers Good that point. Both yeah. clubs might struggle to hold on to. Going to take a quick break. How far are we from Hamden, do you think? It's only a couple of miles, isn't it? Hamden Park, what do you yeah. think? Two miles, three miles? Just watching to see if anyone is on the way up yet for the cup final. Uh, Surely, no matter when, you have to be in the ground. Days. I know, but, 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 but yeah. to be fair to go radio, we've yeah. started the campaign tonight it's, and let's yeah. hope there's some positive news in the next, in yeah. the next wee while mm-hmm. about it because both clubs and Scottish football and the SFA, yeah. they deserve it. We deserve to have fans in Hamden a week on Saturday exactly. for sure yeah, be yeah, part George, of the solution not the problem a good call for George very much so I yeah. thought it was a very good call for George yeah. we're measured we want to take the right precautions but there's no reason why people shouldn't be there for the showcase game of our season we don't, we don't have sponsors I mean come on we need to get one ok quick break and then we're back with more of your calls 0808 17 17 700 quick break and the travel in a moment the Go Radio Football Show. Download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from five. Just speaking with Chris there just before the travel. And of course, uh, from next week, 500 people can come together outside. Chris, you've looked at the rules so far. I think they're going to change in the coming days, but at the moment, yeah, what's at, the latest? So at the moment, from what I understand, it's 500 people are allowed to an outdoor event as of next Monday. And the event organisers can ask for more okay. but that's yep good so at this point the SFA should enter the fray Mark and say we want more than 500 for the Scottish Cup final the showpiece game a week on Saturday yeah. Paul to, for, for, for fans to get back into football it's going to have to be baby steps yeah. but the sooner we take those baby steps the better and wouldn't it be fantastic for Scottish football and for Hibs and for, and for St Johnson for supporters for players families um and for the SFA for the kudos mm. to kick it off with their showpiece game by getting some fans in. So let's, we've started the campaign tonight on Go Radio and let's hope there's some some positive news. And we've got to believe that there will be 
positive news over the next few days about it. Barry, you've said all season without fans, football is just it's nothing. Yeah, and I'm absolutely buzzing with, with what Chris has just said there. Our game's a, a week tomorrow. Um, so hopefully we could get five or 500 or more mm. uh, fans, as I said. It's, look, I take my hat off to, to the players. Um, I would have struggled myself if I'm honest mm-hmm. with you I like atmosphere so credit has got to go to uh, the players and the clubs we're handling the, the situation but next Monday hopefully we can get and, and the Tuesday night against Brighton we can get 500 or more fans um, through our turnstiles and into watches play because it would be brilliant for them we've not seen them and a long time it's revenue as well let's not forget oh, you know, yeah. But, yeah. You know Bar- Barry's talking about 10 grand on on testing kits, you know, other clubs in the in the top flight, it goes, it goes well into a chunky six-figure fee on testing polls, probably in excess of £200,000 over the course uh, of a season. So it's much-needed revenue for every club, whether it's Kelty Hearts or whether it's at the top, it's Celtic, at Rangers and Celtic. And you know who pays for this? There's no money tree. It's the owners and the committees. Yep. People hard-earned cash there's very little money coming in. I logged on at the weekend. It was eight pounds to watch it. I enjoyed it. Didn't watch the didn't enjoy the first half so much. Neither did I. But, yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, eight pounds. What would it be normally for that game? I'd be paying if I was there twenty pounds. No, or whatever. No, no, we're we're fifteen. Uh, no, twelve pounds. Twelve pounds. Yep. But it's still fifty percent less mm-hmm. than. Wouldn't that be brilliant? Five hundred people there next week. It'd be, it'd be great. We say for, yep. for the atmosphere for the players as, as they get to the, the climax for 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 revenue. And listen, if you've paid eight quid to watch that game yeah. uh, he'd have paid 18 to see his half time team talk would you know <laughs> <laughs> if I had it I would have you're absolutely right it would be the real fiery Barry Ferguson wouldn't it you can see why he won so much in football you're not quite it's sure great news. it's yeah. great news next Monday 500 is, or more so Brilliant. now what an opportunity I'm talking about my club but an opportunity yeah. for, for our um, showpiece um, cup final hopefully they can sit around the table now and get um, a number of fans back through the, the turnstiles and watching their team hopefully lift the, the Scottish Cup and we've got the playoffs as well Cove and Airdrie that yeah. finished up 1-1 so there's a lot to come there as well and Morton lost 2-1 at Montrose but they could do it and yeah, they for, for, yeah for Gus McPherson and, and, and Andy Millen there Steve McGinn's in there um, in Lowen so um, you know with the greatest respect to Montrose I want to see Morton do it I want to for see sure. Gus and, and, yeah. and the boys um, stay up definitely Aidan McAdams there who's had a great of course, uh, season goalkeeper, the goalkeeper yeah, yeah. got a good penalty saves this season as well he's been, he's been, he's been good a couple See, of teams looking at him Paul I think he's got a step up in him well, he started at Celtic then went to yeah. Rangers and yeah. uh, he's at Morton I saw he won uh, player of the year Stranraer and Dumbarton finished uh, 0-0 so anything could happen at the return game and Elgin 0 Edinburgh 1 the playoffs are great Barry aren't they they give us they give everybody interest uh, late in the season yeah the, listen um I like the playoffs. I like the, as Mark's mentioned a few times on the show, I love the the split in the Premier League, um, and it gives players with uh, sorry clubs the opportunity. If they don't win the title, they've got an opportunity going up through the playoffs. Um, it's exciting, good teams, a bit of pressure on you. That's what it's all about. When you're a footballer or, or you're a manager, um, you enjoy that pressure situation and being in the playoffs. It's no different. 
We're on socials. We're on the socials at Go Football Show. <laughs> We're on the socials. That's coming out for teeth. the podcast. That's tomorrow morning. Uh, and you can also have your message. You know the drill. 87474 if you want to text us. And we're taking your calls 0808 17 17 700. Are you getting your pearly whites? No, no. There's some There's some work being done. I'll tell you more uh, off air. But yeah, I'll, some, be, I'll be looking for some these. Some work. <laughs> Loads of calls coming in. It's going to be Hibs against St. Johnson in the final uh, the two managers again messages to the fans I've been so aware of my responsibilities as a manager I get the privilege of managing the club and so badly missed them this season but having a successful season is, is our way of giving them something back and still got a bit to do to make it really successful but I hope that those that watched the game today took massive pleasure for that Jack Ross of course and Callum Davidson yeah obviously like last time we can't be there you can't be there to watch it I think hopefully we're giving you a season that you know can keep the spirits up keep you entertained through Covid and you know the players are giving them the golf for the club for me I'm just delighted I just wish they were there you know and, and obviously it's a kind of hits home a little bit last week when we've got the Covid issues it's not over yet and as much as we want to celebrate with everybody I think we need to be patient and we need to make sure everyone's safe so for manager of the year it's down to three maybe I would suggest Steve Clark is in there yeah. Callum Davidson and the person that you would think he was certainly the favourite um, is obviously Stephen Gerrard yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I think we spoke about it on Friday mm-hmm. um, I'm sure they can delay it another um, 10 or so days would you vote today? do you think it is? I mean 23 for points for me Stephen it? Gerrard yeah. just now up against Celtic who had won quadruple treble mark so how could yeah. you argue against the Rangers manager yeah, but oh, on that one I yeah. would change my mind if, if Callum yeah. goes and, and lifts the Scottish Cup would you yes yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but just now for me yeah. it's Stephen Gerrard okay. so I think that's why it's a bit too early to go and um, cash your votes I can I, have the go radio manager of the year mm-hmm. yeah well, we, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say we did that in the past but it, was, it wasn't here but oh, it was magnificent yeah but, but what a uh, job yeah. he's done hasn't he what, yeah. what, what a job for the, the tough start think back to the start of the season who are we speaking about Stephen Gerrard or, no, or Callum Davis because it, it could be both of them yeah yep. but in terms of Callum yep. Davison it was a, a sluggy start yep. to the season um, but listen he's, he's obviously went and worked hard with the, the group of players on the training ground and he's went and delivered the League Cup and he's got every opportunity for me to deliver the Scottish Cup. What a story that would be up there. Playing Celtic on Wednesday night, 6.30 yeah. kick-off. We'll be on here at the start of that, Barry. Uh, Mark, they, they could do damage against Celtic, couldn't they? Have Celtic got it in them to, to take the points on Wednesday? Well, you would, you would fancy um, Celtic to, to win. You know, they've, they've got you know the, the Scott Brown um, factor to the, to the whole of Wednesday night. His last ever game in a Celtic jersey um, at Parkhead. Um, you've got St Johnson who put in uh, a massive effort um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, bearing in mind, you know the players down um, through COVID. So when will know, the players be back? Sorry, I, I, I would imagine that the, the players would be back um, in time for uh, for Saturday, Paul, mm-hmm. at home to to, to Livingston, um, and uh, and then you take it there. But you, you would have to fancy Celtic on on uh, on Wednesday night as much as probably Celtic and Rangers are well. Rangers have got the unbeaten run to go for, but apart from that, Celtic's you know one of the few teams in the league that don't really have anything to play for. They need to motivate themselves. But the Scott Brown factor should be enough motivation um, for John Kennedy and just pride. Oh, just pride in yourself. Get out um, wearing that jersey and 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 want to do um, the best that you can. But uh, as we know, um, as everybody has learned this season, if you're going to beat St Johnston, you have to be on it. You know you can't beat St Johnston at 68 percent. It's got to be more than. Well, that. you have to earn it when you play St Johnston. No doubt about it. You need to bond your game. 
Um, they're, they're a tough nut to crack. They're defensively, Mark's mentioned a number of times, that back three and add the goalkeeper in there, they've been unbelievable. A lot of people talk, look, I've spoken about Ali McCann and mm. obviously we spoke about other players, Liam Craig um, and the team, Glenn Middleton for the... Yep. Obviously, the, the set-up of the goal and scoring that goal, but that back three along with the goalkeeper have been unbelievable for St. Johnson this season. So what about Celtic for Wednesday night? If you're John Kennedy, is it time now to start to play more of the players? Would you start with Sorrow rather than Brown? I know it's his last game or whatever. Are you looking to next season rather than playing out the final two games? Well, you, you need to see what what kind of feeling you get on the training ground. That, I, I'm a big believer in... You, you've got to train the way you play if, if people are going out and think right you know what this is a damp squib mm -hmm. season's finished people's attitude's no spot on you, you pick the guys who are giving their all in training so that's what I think it'll come down to John Kennedy Edward for example I see Leicester again being mentioned Brendan Rodgers and my goodness that was a, a terrible result for him the other night against Newcastle wasn't yeah, it yeah. and they were 4-0 down <laughs> yeah, yeah, is it going to happen again 10 minutes um, you know it's right there's a, there's a chance that they could they could blow up for the second um, season the trot in terms of Champions League. They've also got an FA Cup final yep. um, to look forward to. But you know, I know a lot of Celtic supporters gave Brendan Rodgers stick um, for when he left. But you know, you assess it now and and you look at him, Paul. He was an outstanding manager. And okay, the circumstances that he left weren't ideal. But when you assess it all, what a loss he was. Mm. What a loss. I mean, we're talking about Scott Brown. You look at the Scott Brown that Brendan Rodgers inherited. And then look at what he gave for three years after. I don't know if Barry agree. I think Scott Brown was the most consistent player in Scotland over that two or three year period. He reinvented himself. He drove that Celtic team on to the treble treble. He was absolutely outstanding for 100, 120 games, Scott Brown. And that was down to the way Brendan Rodgers managed him as a player and managed him as a person. Yep. So when you assess Brendan Rodgers, much Celtic fans get angry about him. But what a hell of a loss he was to the football club. Yeah, but I think um, one of the first things Brendan Rodgers done when he came into the club was sit Scott Brown down and told him to obviously age, got to start looking after yourself. I think his fitness levels, I think everybody will agree with me here, his fit, fitness levels went to a different level. Um, he started obviously looking after himself a lot more. We all know Brendan Rodgers was strict in terms of as a manager. Um it was a whole new yourself. diet and yeah. everything, wasn't it? Yeah. Looking after yourself, um, especially when you get over thirty, you need to, mm -hmm. you need to properly do things right, and I think that's what Scott Brown done. And look, when you do that, it gives you a better chance of performing on the football pitch, and that's what Scott Brown done. Did you feel it from thirty? It starts to change. Yeah, I wasn't. Um, I was always a fit, naturally quite fit. I went down to England the second time in the Premier League with Birmingham, and that's the fittest I've ever been. Really? Yeah. Yep. What was it, a different regime there? Yeah, or? just yep. had to drop a bit of weight where mm -hmm. I was a bit taken aback with that. Mm. Um, you never a, looked heavy No, I dropped a bit of weight, got mm -hmm. even fitter. Um, and that was the fittest I ever felt mm -hmm. second time down there. Mm -hmm. But it's a good point you make uh, about Brendan Roger, Rogers there. Uh, I'm not sure how we got onto it, Mark, but we were uh, looking forward to how Celtic we... uh, this week. Edward, is, think, he, on, is yeah, he on Edward. the way there? Yeah. Do you yeah. think they'll get in the Champions League? They'll blow it again. Leicester. Would you do for him FA Cup, Champions League? Oh, good question. Oh, wow. If you could choose, yeah. Now, uh, mm -hmm. uh, well, they've been in the Champions League already five years ago, weren't they? Six years ago when they yep. won the league, mm -hmm. and they've won a league. Um, I think there would be something. The, the riches are obviously in the Champions League, mm -hmm. but I think there'd be something special about winning the FA Cup at Wembley, particularly if you've got to beat uh, a team as 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 fabulous as Chelsea to do mm -hmm. so.
What do you think, Barry? What would you go for? That to win the FA Cup the, for the well, first time fans are getting into Wembley yeah, for the FA Cup sure. final, that yeah. makes a yeah, difference well, too it does make a difference financially mm. in the Champions League but you know the money mm. that, that's down in England anyway is that going to really really mm. what, what, matter as a player what would you want top four or an FA Cup FA Cup. Winners, I would want a winner's medal oh, as well. I, I'm yeah. in football to win yeah. Yeah. win you, trophies win medals and you've done it at Wembley you did it at the League Cup final yep you yep. won it but listen as a yep. footballer that's what that's trophy. why you play football do you think they'll get Champions League as well surely they're not going yeah, to fall away surely yeah. I mean going back and watching that game mm. I watched the Leicester mm. and Did Newcastle you? game I'm mm. like everybody else fancied Leicester to yeah. take two or three mm. off Newcastle and mm. got to be fair to Newcastle the first half Newcastle were brilliant mm. I, I thought Leicester came out with the wrong attitude mm. that you just turn up things happen for you that's not the way football operates no. Um, and you could see Brendan Rodgers' interview after it. He was... He was, he looked, but was it just me? I thought he, he really looked shell-shocked. Aye, he was. Aye. He was, because I, I just think sometimes... I, I've been in teams myself when you go out and you just think you can turn up and win games. It doesn't work that way. You've yep. got to outwork whoever you play against. And I thought that was the attitude that Leicester had that night. Mm. And Newcastle took advantage. And Steve Bruce is saying... He said, I said all season, you know, when our players are back and fit, we'll be a much better team. Eduard, is he going to Leicester, Mark, do you think? There's, there's, there's strong competition for him, Paul. I don't mm. think it's, it's done right. and dusted, but clearly there's a relationship there between um, Edward and, and Brendan Rodgers. Brendan Rodgers signed him. Um, but the positive out of that for Celtic is uh, that Celtic will want an auction to start. You know, so that's the thing. If, if obviously, if we get two or three interested parties... Then it could maybe drive drive the price up. Whereas you might get fifteen, but if there's two or three in for them, you could end up getting twenty. Mm -hmm. So it's the Celtic's benefit. The more interest, the better. But yeah, I would have to say that I would imagine Leicester would be favourites to get them. Okay, oh eight oh eight seventeen seventeen seven hundred. We're on till seven. The Go Radio Football Show, talking football first. Listen live weeknights from five. Go Radio Football Show. Paul Cooney, Barry Ferguson. And Mark Guidi and your calls. Let's go on the line to Tom, a Rangers fan is on from Renfrew. Good evening, Tom. Hi, how you doing? Okay. Good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah, sound. Um, it's nice to phone in. And, um, good. Uh, good to hear you, Tom. You're through to Mark and to Barry. Uh, what's your point? Uh, I would just like, it's good what he's are doing, um, obviously, with this cup final coming up, that he's are speaking up and I understand, like, you know, that'll probably be quite hard for you later on. Like, um, you know, like people might not want to come on your show and talk to you from the SFA or the SPFL or whoever runs a yeah. game, but I, I, yeah, I just can't get over how hard everything is in this country to get done. Like football-wise, it's it's just so di big decisions, big things like that that need doing, and it always just seems to take ages. Well, Tom, listen to this: and a limited number of fans. This is breaking news. At English matches, will be allowed to go from May the seventeenth. So on May the twenty-third. All the games, Mark, that news is just coming in. Yeah. That's been announced in England. So there'll be crowds, obviously yeah. nothing like full crowds, yeah. but there will be reduced capacities, Mark, at yeah. all the grounds. At, yeah. every, at, the, at the 10 um, English Premier League games in the final weekend of the season, 10 stadiums, and there will be fans in um, every single stadium for the for the final day. There'll be plenty to play for down the road as well, the mm. Champions League places and European places, etc., etc. So yeah, it's a step in the right direction um, down the road. But... Tom, you know, hopefully we're going to get some good news in the next um, few days. You know, you're right, Go Radio, uh, in the past couple of weeks, but particularly tonight, we've started the campaign. Let's get fans in. Let's do it. Let's um, finish I'm off a, a season um, on a high with a Scottish Cup final, the showpiece showpiece occasion 
of the domestic season. Let's finish it with some fans and, and hopefully there's some good news on that in the next couple of days. Yeah, I, I know you're saying the Premier League, right, they've got something to play for that's games. That's a cup final we're talking about. Yeah. Fans have not been in for 13, 14 months. Surely they can sit around the table, 12 days to go, we can sort something out. Surely. Tom? Yeah, I just think, like, what you're doing, this is only one example of something that, that our governing bodies just do not handle well, do you know what I mean? Like, we never hear much from them, and but you look at all these instances over the years, like, should we keep playing at Hamden or teams from up north travelling down? And when Rangers were in the cup final, there was that carry-on where, you know, I think they had about 40 minutes rest before the game, I remember. And I've heard Barry Ferguson speak about it, like, a lot after. And, like, just so many examples where there is guys like, you know, you can go through all the specific ones, but guys like Scott Brown, he's played the game for years in, in Scotland, done everything in Scotland, and they ask what's the worst ground to play at, or well, Hamden Park, but I don't like the atmosphere there, and it's just like, they don't listen to the people that have played the game, that know the game, and it's like just decisions that are made always as a reactive rather than proactive, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's always easier in the sidelines to criticise, and it is easy for any of us. And you know the thing about Hamden, it was so many years ago, but I can remember, and there was a lack of money, government money, for Hamden. We just didn't get anything like what happened years later at Wembley in the Millennium Stadium. So that's not down to the uh, what, SFA. What did they spend on the, the new stand? Was it £60 million? Hamden? Yeah. Exactly, and people remember. don't even like going there for a day yeah, out. They, they could have yeah. done something with the atmosphere, as I said. I've been lucky yeah. enough to play there on many occasions in cup yeah. finals and for the national team. And it is something, I think if you ask the vast majority of players that play there, it doesn't create a great atmosphere. But do you know what? Just getting 5,000 fans in there would create some atmosphere. Because we've been missing yeah, them for so buzzing. long. What a buzz it would be. Oh, okay, imagine waking up in cup final morning. Whether you're a St. Johnson fan or a house fan, just a football fan who's going to be tuning in um, to the last day of the season on the on the telly it's going to be so, I'm just saying there uh, Tom race courses in England can have 4,000 4,000 in the race courses let's hope we can have them happen Hamilton Park exactly. soon yeah. and at Ayr and at Perth <laughs> and Kelso let's get moving yeah. but we're not having a cheap go at the SFA no. or the SPFL far from it this has been unprecedented times yeah. but it's now time to start moving forward with caution but balanced approach and we should have fans at the cup final at Hamden. Paul, Paul as I said, um, as long as SFA um, try everything in their power, the dialogue with the EFA, dialogue with the government, dialogue with the local authorities to get fans into the game a week on Saturday, as long as they try everything in their power to make it happen, um, then great. If, if it if it happens, then we'll all applaud them because they'll deserve sure. applaud from, from Ian Maxwell down. If it doesn't happen, we won't criticise them, but as long as we know they've tried everything, as long as they've not been sitting in their hands, not really bothering. But I, I, I think, uh, Paul, I think there's a concerted effort going on to make something happen and, and, and let's hope there's some, there's some positive news in, in the next few days because Scottish football, every football fan in this country deserves something positive in the next few days. And I'm sure the SFA, if they come out and say, look, we're going to try and make it happen, I'm sure everybody involved in football would do their utmost to help them to try and allow a certain amount of fans into the cup final. Tom, how badly have you missed it this season? But also... What a great season for you as a Rangers fan. <laughs> it's been alright watching on the telly, but it's not the same as no. you know what I mean, going into the ground and you know, seeing the wee things that you know you, you miss on the you, know, you see it on the TV, you watch the game, but the wee things that you miss going to the actual game, wee things off the ball and 
you know, having a pie with your mates and stuff like that and a beer and that, we miss all that. But um, I, I just think, like, well, with this example here, I'll try to get them back in for handing. Like, it should be like this with every problem we've got in a game. We've got to work together a bit more because, mm-hmm. you know, I listen to English shows during the day and there's their two teams having a problem for this cup final coming up. And that's almost, that'll be sorted within the next day or two. And it's not taking any clubs or any radio stations or anything to do that. They've just seen that there's a problem and went and jumped at it. And they're working together, and I think that if something comes out of COVID, maybe like working together as a nation to make our game a bit better should be something for the future. Do you know what I mean? For sure. Uh, Police Scotland have issued an appeal to Rangers fans to uh, stay away, obviously, from Ibrox on Saturday. The trophy will be handed over after the match. It's an early kickoff, uh, and not to gather in numbers anywhere. Well, I'll be training, so I won't be there. You'll be okay. <laughs> Barry be Ferguson will not be in a... Tom, would you you'd agree with that as well? Just to try and... Uh, you know, this season, league-wise, you just have to get ready, and hopefully you're back for the Champions League qualifiers in the ground. Yeah, yeah. It just makes it all that more special if you've been away, doesn't it? Like, if you've missed something and then it waits a wee bit... You've got to wait a wee bit longer. Just make it that more... That's the way it was with beating them. Do you know what I mean? We had to wait a long time to finally get one over and it's made it that bit more sweeter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm sure you enjoyed it. Tom, who's your player of the year? Um, Goldson or Tav, I think. Um, don't know, it's a hard ah, one. To, right, Goldson to or like, Tavernier, like right? Been, yep. McGregor's been brilliant, but, you know, some games he's not had anything to do because they're so good in front of him. And uh, Davis has been brilliant, but uh, again, it's just Goldson's played every game, every minute and Tavernier's goals and stuff and he's a captain as well and always when Rangers won the leagues when Barry was there it was always captain would always be one of the first shouts and I think they've led by example and um, it's hard to split the two you know See the reason I'm Tom makes a good point there like Alan McGregor's not had a lot to do in certain yep. games but when he's um, he, when he has to make that one save where he's had nothing to do for 87 minutes that's a level of concentration Um oh, and look, for me, he just pips Stephen Day. Look, two of them, you could give any one of them. But for me, look, the defence the, the, the defense at, at Rangers has been excellent all season. And a lot of credit's got to go to them. But as I said, when he's been called upon, when he's had nothing to do for a long period of time in the game, he's always produced that vital save. And only 13 goals this season it's conceded. Incredible. But, but, it is, it's but, a great... I think as well... Mm-hmm. Yep, Tom. So I think as well, just with like, another we find it just again it was McGregor was well up there, but see the way Connor Goldson handled himself through all that Kamara stuff and mm-hmm. represented the club. For me, that just gave him an extra two or three wee points, and I was just like, but you know when the four names came out, I knew it was probably going to be there for because they have been our best four. I've not missed a kick when I watched Strangers, but just the way he handled himself in the media, he wasn't scared to say the right things and you know saying like yeah. We were wanting to fight after the game with them, mm-hmm. or but you know that sort of stuff. But the way he handled himself, it was like a, you know, an absolute gentleman, and he represented Rangers really well. So for me, that gave him a few points as well. And like, and I know these things are one on the field, but it said a lot about him as a person. I think. Well, one thing, one thing I will say about Connor Golson, he's the most improved player. Is he for Rangers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Listen, yep. there was you could see there was yeah. a good centre back in there. I've mentioned on the show a few times. Was liable to a mistake or two, but this season he's played every single minute of every single game. Amazing. He's been a, an absolute rock and a, a credit to the football club. So, Mark, do you think Tom yeah. will tell us who's it going to be for you, Conor Goldson 
or James Tavernier, Tom? You have uh, to. <laughs> Goldson, I think. <laughs> you give it to Goldson. Um, yeah, Mark, what do you think? Play the year. Yeah. Uh, oh, on that, between those two, or, or between, yeah. between Tavernier and uh, Goldson. You could say something about both uh, of them. I, I, listen, they've yeah. both been brilliant, but I have to go Tavernier with his goal. I mean, I can't get the, the free kick at Tanadice uh, out of my head. You know, that's just a, a sensational. Um, goal and I think considering the stick that James Tavernier mm. took at certain times last season when he was a captain and people questioned his suitability and his mentality to be the captain of Rangers I think he's shown tremendous strength of character tremendous resilience to bounce back for that and lead the team um, this season so I would give it outfield players I'd give it to Tavernier just ahead of Steve Davis with Conor Goldson in third but overall I'd give it to Alan McGregor Yep, that's that. Listen, I, I've mentioned that a few times in my column about Tavernier. Um, he deserves all the credit. 18 months or so ago, he was getting a bit of stick. One thing about James Tavernier is he never hid. He always made himself available. He was always leading his team out. Maybe not playing at a great level, but this season, up until he got injured, he was absolute magnificent. He was a proper leader. And look, see the four players that are in it. I couldn't argue with any of the four yeah. players have been honest what with season you. for them Tom how are you going to celebrate at the weekend when Rangers uh, lift the trophy <laughs> I don't know we're not allowed out probably are we <laughs> no not in any nah, numbers but yeah yeah nah, uh, I don't know obviously I won't be going anywhere I shouldn't um, but uh, it's just going to be brilliant to see me um, I, excellent um, I, and it's, uh, it's just brilliant like, still can't <laughs> believe it's happened to be fair yeah. absolutely made up you yeah. alright Tom <laughs> 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 it's absolutely buzzing when we're talking about it I'm a bit excited now he's made some great points though about the fans as well Tom's yeah. just come on I think first time caller and saying yeah, why are we because the news is coming in all the time and the breaking news about more uh, relaxation in England uh, and let's do it here for it's, the cup final it's annoying about. from the it's annoying from like you know I listen to like talk sport through the day and listen to these problems that they have in England and stuff like that. And I know yeah, Jim's been great on that, Tom. We're just running out of time. Mark, you want the final word? No, I just, I'm just going to say, I think there'll, there'll be some positive news, Paul. Let, let's hope so. Okay. We've started the campaign tonight. Get fans into the Scottish Cup final. We've started it and go radio and um, it's gathering momentum and let's hope there's some positive news in the next 24 hours Tom sorry to jump in there thanks so much for your call we'll speak to you in the future Tom and keep your eyes on this we heard from Mark there'll be more news coming on it Barry thanks so much enjoy the training tomorrow or just taking it easy with the players and we'll see you on Wednesday cheers yeah, you'll be on and Mark we'll see you later in the week uh, on Friday Friday I'm not, I was just yeah. scared to dive in there just in case you, you are on Friday <laughs> thanks very much Joker Day and Rob's on tonight tomorrow night Rob's on tomorrow night at 5 the Go Radio Football Show download the Go Radio app to listen live weeknights from 5 I'm joined now by Gary from OPC Energy Gary what a job you did out there today oh, it, was, it was unbelievable you saw the customers faces when that boiler went in it was a really special moment and what about the overall performance Unreal. You, you could really feel the heat out there. I'm delighted with the result and we move on to the next one. Thanks, Gary. Come on! For more information on boiler upgrades, heat pumps and more, visit opc-ltd.uk. Get ahead of the game with OPC Energy.